to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. You drink one drink, two drink, three Long Island iced teas. But your buddy's worse off and he throws you his car keys. Blue lights are blinking four o'clock in the morning. St. Trooper makes you wish that you'd never been born. Better call Saul, better call Saul. You want to tell the world you're in love with a girl named Fran? So you find an overpass and you say it with a spray paint can. Blue lights start a blinking, those handcuffs click. You know who to call and you better call quick. Saul, Saul, you better call Saul. You fight for your rights when your back's to the wall. Stick it to the man, justice for all. Welcome to Better Talk Saul, Cinema Geekly's Better Call Saul podcast. It's Anthony and Glenn, and we are back to talk more Saul, Season 6, Episode 10, Nippy. The first of these, really, I think you hit the nail on the head last week, these post, actually post Better Call Saul episodes, the show really did seem to end uh, with the last episode, fun and games. Well, and the post Jimmy McGill story, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're kind of done with the Jimmy McGill story. I think a hundred percent. And this is one of four remaining episodes. And I did not know what to expect. I knew when they changed the naming convention, I felt uh, for the episodes, I felt like that was also a dead giveaway that we are doing something different here. Uh, I did not know, I didn't watch any previews or anything like that, so I didn't know exactly what to expect. But what we got was an entire 50 minute episode of Cinnabon Gene. That is what we got. It black was and white. Black and white from beginning to end, a whole episode of it. And uh, they dealt with uh, the cab driver who recognized him last time we were with Cinnabon Gene uh, Takovic. Uh, he was uh, spotted by a a cab driver who recognized him as Saul Goodman. He'd spent some time in Albuquerque or whatever. And, of course, Saul was freaking out. And I think that's kind of where we left him, right? Was, I don't know if he was considering running or, yeah. or what. We didn't know what happened. And this episode takes care of all of it. So, we are in 2010, Omaha, Nebraska. Jimmy, under his Cinnabon Gene identity, befriends Marion, who's played by Carol Burnett, who I did not expect. Uh, I was so happy. Like, when he first saw her, I was like, Carol Burnett? I'm like, nah, there's no way. Yeah. And then once you actually got a look at her face, I was like, son of a bitch. It is. And And she was in it for the title card. And I was like, yeah, that's so cool. It is super cool. And she was in it for for a good bit. Yeah. As well. Still doing good. She was great. Mm hmm. Oh, absolutely. Still sharp. And so Jimmy befriends her because, of course, she's the mother of Jeff the cab driver who recognized him as Saul Goodman. Gene confronts Jeff over dinner that night and offers to let him into the game. Gene, uh, by, and by the game, of course, we mean uh, a con. And Gene trains Jeff and his friend in robbing a department store at the mall where Gene works. He does his part by befriending and distracting the mall security guards with Cinnabon and some small talk. 
while Jeff steals expensive merchandise under a very strict time limit, he ends up tripping on a slippery floor and hits his head, which Gene now has to uh, stall. Uh, he does this by basically feigning an emotional breakdown to distract the, the security guard. And eventually he gets up and goes and the three of them get away with literally thousands of dollars in stolen goods. But after the fact, Gene warns Jeff and his friend to stay away from him, threatening to turn them in to the authorities, even if it means getting caught himself. Now, energized by the con's success, Gene wistfully finds a Saul Goodman-esque style dress shirt in the department store, but leaves ultimately without purchasing it. Uh, there's a lot to cover here, a lot more really detailed than what was covered in that yeah. paragraph. But what did you think of episode 10? Oh, I loved it. I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Same. Um, this whole beginning part with Carol Burnett just kind of being an bitchy old lady. So good. Not wanting help and going through her routine of the grocery store and then yeah. Gene with the posters and kind of getting her to open up and then helping her home and mm -hmm. yeah, such a good setup. Cutting the power to the engine of her scooter yeah. so she can't turn it back on after he helps her, so he has to push her all the way back home and then just befriends her, you know, smooth talks her or whatever. Um, and presumably, you know, Saul just read Jeff right in the cab like. As a cab driver who is in Albuquerque, he knows who I am. So he, you know, he can't be that well off or whatever. Like, you know, yeah. Jim, Jimmy only dealt with the the lower end uh, level of society in his line of work. So I guess he just sort of maybe cold read him and sort of guessed that maybe he'd be susceptible to wanting to do this sort of thing. Yeah. Like he said, you would have, you know anything else you would have turned me in by now and you would have shake me down for money yep you know didn't do any of that clearly that's not what he wanted right uh but yeah i love that the whole all of this everything he did in this episode was just you know because his options were run this guy knows who i am time to freak out and run or come up with a way to ensure his safety which you know was come up with a con and it wasn't just let's do theft uh he made it clear once he met up with them and they were going over the merchandise or whatever that he basically orchestrated them to commit several felonies yeah yeah uh you know getting a truck from out of state uh transporting you know various transportation felonies over state lines and things like that plus the the grand theft and the conspiracy and all of this other stuff like he used his the knowledge of the law he was having them steal yeah you know, what it would add up to yeah mm -hmm. the precise amount just enough uh, but letting them know that they would be going to jail for a very, very long time. And essentially just, you know, he said it in the episode is mutually assured destruction. He just blackmailed them, you know, into keeping quiet about who he actually is, but only was interested in doing it for this one thing because he's all he wants to do is stay, uh, just stay undercover essentially. Um, but the way that he did all of it, I mean, it's classic, you know, he, 
uh, spent uh, presumably days visiting the security guards, right? Getting, oh, I don't know. I think weeks. Probably weeks. I mean, getting to know them, finding out the things that they liked. Uh, you know, he knows that one security guy always leaves. The other dude sits there and eats uh, and talks football with him. But he always, you know, he times how long it takes. Gets like an average of how much time it takes. You know, walks around that store to figure out just how big it is. So he can then go out into a field and make like a big life-size scale kind of maze or whatever, or sort of, Mm -hmm. you know, tracks it out. So he can sort of time out what you would need to grab and how much time it would take uh, or what you could do within the amount of time that he distracts the security guard. Like classic, wacky, high-level, multi-layered Saul Goodman con. And uh, that was just great stuff and clearly he's not lost a step or whatever in the time <laughs> since then uh but yeah uh this was just excellent but all of it was done under the guise of protecting his cover of where he is right now and presumably it's going to work i mean at the end he very clearly is thinking about like what he used to do and misses it but knows that he can't just do that again. So yeah, no idea what to expect next though. Like not a clue because it feels like the biggest problem that Cinnabon Jean had, he took care of in this episode. Now, maybe these guys, Jeff and his friend are not going to be able to keep to their word because they were able to get away with a lot of money and that sort of thing can be addicting as uh, Kim Wexler can attest to, uh, once you kind of successfully complete one of these things, there is sort of an adrenaline rush and um, sort of an addictive nature to it. So, mm, I don't, maybe they will continue to be a problem for him, but I think he saw this as like the best way to solve the problem that wasn't trying to just run. So, yeah. And I'm sure Cinnabon appreciates appreciated all the advertising <laughs> there was a lot of it in this episode uh i mean not just like their branding or whatever but like constantly people that were just like mm, cinnabon i can't wait to eat that hello beautiful and like just that one guy that one security guard just eating and loving the the shit out of cinnabon uh every five minutes or whatever in this episode that's pretty good advertising i think yeah yeah you know just get past the part of uh where they're able to hire a criminal and <laughs> yeah. their background well, check is quite good enough to, to catch no. the fake identity. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder if they thought about which is that. What makes me, which is what surprises me that an actual like national chain was like, yeah, okay sure. It, but they had to be just a fan of the show. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. But I'm sure some lawyer somewhere in the Cinnabon is like, eh, it might not be a good look, but whatever. Yes. Oh, yeah, it's uh, like you said, I don't know where we go from here, right? You were you were naming off the episode titles mm-hmm. uh, earlier Yep. Uh, before we recorded. And my guess is we're going to get a color episode mm-hmm. next week and then maybe black and white again. And then a, an episode in color to end it, maybe that wraps all the yeah, things up. Maybe because my guess is that black and white is it's not so much just the 
Jimmy and Saul, but it's the show that he's not them yet. Yes. Like I was half expecting to see like because the cover of the the season or whatever the banner is him putting you know everything black and white and him putting on the red jacket. Yep. So I was half expecting that to happen in the de- uh, the department store was the only thing you see is a red coat. Oh, but, that would have been great. Yeah, I don't know if someone's like that's a that's a little bit on the nose with Schindler's List. I was gonna but- say yeah. <laughs> that I mean that brings back like terrible memories from Schindler's List, but yeah. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> just thinking about that scene with the little kid. Oh my god, no thanks. Um, no, I, I I feel like that's what's gonna happen, right? We we get back to the colorful world of Saul. Mm-hmm. I you think know, everything's so. dull, even though he did this con. It's dull. That's not you know they were just stealing clothes. It yeah, wasn't, this wasn't for fun. This was yeah, was it the big game that he used to do? You know, it wasn't no. him fooling the DEA or no. You know, this was just small potatoes. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, it was pretty elaborate. Like they had a yes, but for like what it was, yeah. right? I mean, they had a what? they had Jeff's friend deliver Jeff in a box that they had to pretend was like auto parts delivered to the wrong store with an invoice that also you know of course led uh, with a number that led to uh, to Jimmy uh, Jimmy's cell phone so he could pretend to be uh, a dispatch person or whatever to be like you know to work it out or whatever. Uh, yeah. They basically con this uh, the department store head or whatever into letting them leave the crate there overnight, so that he could then get out. I guess his thing was that he loaded all the clothes back into the box and then just hung out in the bathroom. In the bathroom, night. <laughs> yeah, and then just pretend to get. Which is crazy because how does like nobody check the bathroom in the morning when they come in uh, before the store opens or whatever? I don't know. Uh, he got lucky there, I think, but. Um, yeah, it was relatively elaborate, but I mean, you're right. It wasn't the fun and games or whatever, right? It wasn't the big thing that he's normally into. This was just, this was just a like a, essentially a business transaction he needed to accomplish yeah. in order to yeah. keep himself safe. Yeah, there was no heart in it. No, you know. <laughs> didn't do it for the thrill. No. Uh, well, I mean, at the end, he he, I think it. I think it definitely brought back something for him yeah, like, at the yeah, end. Yeah. Um, but that's still something that he needs to, to leave behind. So, uh, okay. So any extra thoughts or any final thoughts on, no, it was just, 10? it was a good fun episode. Solid montage of, uh, yeah, it's Jim, right. From parks and rec. That is Jim from parks and rec. You're right. Yeah. I was trying to remember uh, where the voice sounded familiar. And then I'm like, Oh my God, that guy looks totally familiar. And where do I recognize him from? I'm terrible at remembering. So thank you. I can't, I just couldn't remember if his name was actually, I know his name is Jim. I think, it's, I, I think his... both of his names in, I think his real name and the name in the show was also that. Yeah. Uh, well, I know that Jerry. Jerry, it's Jerry. Yeah, yeah, it's Jerry. Well, it's not really Jerry. That's just what, someone put on his name badge and that's what everyone's called called him since that's right (laughs) for 12 years or whatever yeah yeah he was great here yeah he was good it was fun to see him like you know him and you know again seeing someone like carol burnett just Mm -hmm. thought that was really cool seeing um jimmy's uh process as he basically was sort of 
bullshitting his way through conversations with the security guard. Yeah, and then doing his homework to actually learn. Yeah, by the end. Football. Yeah, by and the end, he funny. did too yeah. well because he's like, you remember everything. Uh, like, your memory is yeah. amazing or whatever. And, you know, he kind of does that, you know, I can tell you every thread of clothing I was wearing at that game. But if you ask me what I had for dinner last night, couldn't tell you. Um, you know, and then he's, the guy's like, oh, yeah, I know what that's like or whatever. Uh, so, yeah, he always so quick on his feet. But, yeah, I, I loved all of that stuff. I mean, that's <laughs> the I think that level of detail is the thing that makes these very preposterous cons feel like they're plausible because they don't just do them, but you get to see almost intricate detailing into how he goes about it. So it feels very plausible to you that he's able to pull these off. And um, they actually fooled me a little bit. Like they, they did set up, the the bit in advance where the department store manager notices the scuff on the floor and wants the uh, wants them to have maintenance come down or whatever and buff it out or or whatnot and uh, the other person working with her was like sure I'll have them do that right away but this is at close so my thought was like oh this is where things are gonna go like everything's gonna go perfectly to plan until the maintenance guy shows up and sees Jeff in the store or whatever. And then things are going to go crazy, but that is not what they did. (laughs) Instead. It was, he already came buffed it out and Jeff just slipped on it and fell and hit his head for a little bit and knocked himself out for a minute. And then, uh, Jimmy has to, to stall, which he does quite well. Uh, so, uh, that'll work. But I, I love all those little setups that the show does. And uh, for sure, I thought things were going to go much, much worse, but I really, with three episodes left, I should have thought better. Like things can't blow up with three episodes left. Um, Cause there's still three episodes left and that's not really how uh, Vince Gilligan does things on his ship. It feels like. So yeah. yeah. Um, any, any final thoughts, Glenn, or what would you give uh, episode 10? I'd give it like a four and a quarter. Okay. Uh, I went a full four and a half for this one. Uh, loved it. And I don't know if you've seen the critical reception for this season, but unsurprisingly, isn't it? And yeah, it's a hundred percent right now with an average rating of nine and a quarter out of 10. Dang. That's crazy. Uh, oh my God. I mean, that's insane. Uh, I mean, but that kind of, uh, I mean, on Metacritic, it's 94 out of 100, which is, yeah, that's, that's like crazy. For, that's crazy for Metacritic. Um, yeah, this is, I mean, that feels like it's in line very much with how we're viewing the show as well. 8.8 like, 8 on IMDb. Wow. That's saying a lot because there's crazy people on IMDb. There are crazy. Uh, we once did a whole podcast about how, uh, how based off of how wacky the scores are for things on IMDb. So yeah, I mean that it's even close to a nine there. That's that's crazy. Uh, this doesn't super surprise me. Unfortunately, the I mean the the ratings are steady for this show. It basically it always does about like a million and a half to start the season. And then bounces around between one, like, you know, 1.2 million 
uh, it's basically like in between in between there. So uh, I, I wish more people would see it, but I feel like this is going to be another one of those Breaking Bad situations where people just come to watch it after. I mean, I know you. I think you've told me before. You know some people that basically just got into it or whatever from seeing it on Netflix or whatever. Or I, I know there are people who only have watched it on Netflix. And yep. that's how they're, you know, that's how they're watching the show. So I'm sure it's going to find its audience uh, way, way, way more people need to be watching it than, you know, 1.2 million for this episode. But we shall see uh, the title in uh, the title of the next episode should certainly draw some eyebrows. I haven't seen a preview. I'm sure there's a preview out for the episode. I haven't seen it, though. And if there is, I don't know if there's any spoilers in it or anything, but the name is kind of giving it away. So we will leave you with that, everybody. But uh, in the meantime, why not head over to cinemageekly.com where you can check out the archives of this show. Of course, this is a listener-supported podcast, and there are a couple of ways you can help out there if you'd like. We have a Patreon, patreon.com slash cinemageekly. We have the merch store, geeklymerch.com. Links for both of those things are in the show notes for this episode. Uh, of course, you can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and Audible. Just search for better talk. Saul, hit subscribe, and that way you can join us next time to hear us talk about more Better Call Saul, Season 6, Episode 11, called Breaking Bad. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Stick it to the man, justice for all. <laughs>